I'd like to welcome you to our Wednesday night service if you'd like to find your place in Joshua chapter 2. Joshua chapter 2. The title of the message is Messengers of Mercy and Grace. And that's what God has called every one of us to be is a messenger of mercy and grace. And that's His mercy and His grace, His salvation for others. And we've been called to be a mess messenger. It's not just a preacher. It's anybody that knows the Lord has been called to be a messenger of His mercy and grace. And this is another message, if you would, in the, in the series of unnamed saints and servants in the Bible. And if you go back and listen to every message that we've preached on about unnamed servants and saints in the Bible, you'll see that every one of these unnamed saints or servants had a very specific role to accomplish in a very specific place and a very specific time, and they did not miss that opportunity to be used of the Lord and God included their stories even though they were not named, even though we, we don't know who they were, but boy the Lord did and He knew it was important for us to have their stories and many of us will never make the front page of a, of a, of a Christian periodical or, or, or the headlines of the news or something like that for our walk with the Lord and, and uh, but, but there's one thing we can do we can be faithful to do what God's called us to do because we know that God knows who we are and He's keeping good records of everything that we do for Him and we'll meet it again. And that's why we need to do more and more and, and uh, sometimes we lose sight of that. But thank God for these stories in the Bible that make up some of the pages of the most precious book in the world and uh, that'll, that'll endure forever. And uh, we, we thank God for the Word of God, for the encouragement that we can find here to do more for Him. We're living in the last times, in the last days, and we need to be found faithful, and we need to be doing more for Him. And I trust this message will encourage you to do that. Uh, if you found your place in Joshua chapter 2, I hope, and in early of 2022, and that's last year, I preached a message on the value of one. And uh, we looked at the passage, the same passage right here, and we looked at the value that God placed on just one sinner. And if you're saved today, then I tell you, God loves you and He places a lot of value upon you. And uh, we all know the story of Rahab. And this is the story here in Joshua chapter 2. Here's where we're introduced to Rahab the prostitute. And she was a prostitute in Jericho, but she didn't stay a prostitute. And she put her faith in the Lord and she became a princess of the tribe of of Judah. You see, Rahab's story is all of our story. We too were sold unto sin. We too were born a sinner, separated from God and under the penalty of sin. But thank God for the day that God sent some messengers our way, not only to tell us that we were wrong and on our way to a devil's hell where the, the, the fires of hell will never be quenched, uh, but that, uh, that, but there was a way for us to avoid that judgment and there was a way for us to be saved and to put our trust uh, in Jesus Christ uh, and his death, burial, and resurrection for our salvation. You see, not only did Rahab believe, but she convinced uh, all her kindred to believe, uh, and they all found refuge uh, not uh, in her house. And, and, and just let me finish here, because you'll say, well, they did go to her house. Well, they did, but what caused them to go there? It was faith. Uh, they found refuge uh, in faith. Uh, her house was the physical location. 
education where they exercised their faith. Uh, hey, I got saved by my bedside in Chattanooga, Tennessee as a five-year-old boy, but I promise you there was nothing in that room that saved me. There was nothing in that room. My bed didn't save me. The floor didn't save me that I was kneeling on on the side of that bed where I was praying. Hey, that house could not save me. That was just the location where I exercised my faith in Jesus Christ. You know, we were saved when we exercised faith in Him and what He did on the cross for us. You know, she you, you could have gotten saved in church or you could have gotten saved out on the street somewhere or, or maybe somewhere or at work or on a lunch break or something. It's not the location that saved you. It's when you put your faith in Jesus Christ and what He did on the cross is enough to save you and take you to heaven. You see, Rahab, she couldn't save herself. She had no way of saving herself. Rahab could not save her family. No, they too had to put their faith in the only way for them to be spared. First, they had to believe that they were under uh, the judgment and condemnation of God and they could not save themselves. That's the first thing, the first reality they had to come to in their life. Uh, Number two, they had to believe that there was only one way for them to be spared from the judgment to come. And number three, they had to place their faith in the Lord and they demonstrated their faith by obeying. They went into Rahab's house just like it was commanded. You see, there was no salvation outside of Rahab's house. Uh, the Bible says that the city was burnt with fire and, and no one, whether young or old, man or woman, was spared. Everybody in Jericho knew that they were under the condemnation and the judgment of God because of their sin. They could not defend themselves. They could not save themselves. And the only way that Rahab and her family were spared from the judgment was because they exercised the same faith that it took for you and I to escape the wrath of God that was over us. The Bible says, For by grace are you saved through faith and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. Uh, You see, Rahab had nothing to offer in exchange for her life or the life of her family. She deserved the same condemnation as everyone else, uh, but thank God for mercy and for grace. Uh, You see, grace is an unmerited favor from God, uh, and mercy is when you don't get uh, what you deserve. Uh, Oh, you know the story. I mean, well, you, if you've been to Sunday school or been in church any time, you, you know the story, the walls of Jericho and, and how they came tumbling down and Rahab was spared uh, all because two messengers were sent uh, to Jericho. Uh, the two spies told her, that the same line that you drop us down by outside your window, you leave this line hanging in the window whenever we come back into the land, they said, and we'll see that scarlet line hanging from your window. You see, they could not see inside the house, but they could see the scarlet line every time that they walked around Jericho. And they knew that anybody that was behind that scarlet line was safe from the judgment 
judgment of God. Let's start reading here in Joshua chapter 2 and verse 1. And Joshua the son of Nun sent out of Shittim two men to spy secretly, saying, Go view the land, even Jericho. And they went and came into an harlot's house named Rahab and lodged there. And it was told the king of Jericho, saying, Behold, there came men in hither tonight of the children of Israel to search out the country. And the king of Jericho sent unto Rahab, saying, Bring forth the men that are come to thee, which are entered into thine house, for they be come to search out all the country. Turn over to chapter 6 with me. Joshua chapter 6, a few pages over. Joshua chapter 6, and we can get more details about these two unknown servants uh, and saints of God. Uh, yes, we see here that they had a job to do for Joshua, but they also had a responsibility toward God. Uh, we too have jobs. We too have responsibility. We too have families, but we've also, if you're saved, you've been given the responsibility not only to care for yourself and care for your families with the help of God, but we also have been given a responsibility toward God to be messengers of mercy and grace. Look in verse 22. It says, But Joshua said unto the two men that had spied out the country, Go into the harlot's house, and bring out thence the woman, and all that she hath, as she swear unto, as ye swear unto her. And the young men that were spies went in, and brought out Rahab, and her father, and her mother, and her brethren, and all that she had, and they brought out all her kindred, and left them without the camp of Israel." And they burnt the city with fire, and all that was therein, only the silver and the gold and the vessels of brass and of iron, they put into the treasury of the house of the Lord. And Joshua saved Rahab the harlot alive, and her father's household, and all that she had, and she dwelleth in Israel even unto this day, because she hid who? The messengers, which Joshua sent to spy out Jericho. God does not give us the names of these two unnamed servants uh, because you see this story is not uh, about them. This story is all about God uh, who has the power to destroy but also the power to deliver. This story is more about Joshua than it is these two messengers because in, in verse 25 it says that Joshua saved Rahab the harlot alive and her father's household and gave her a dwelling in Israel. Boy, think about this. Uh, of all the places that she could have wound up, uh, she wound up in Bethlehem. Uh, oh, the house of bread. Uh, oh, I tell you what, she didn't lose nothing the day that she got saved uh, can I just remind you, you didn't lose anything the day that you got saved. Not only did God give you a new life and changed you, but He also given you a new dwelling place. Hey, there's a mansion in heaven that's reserved for you. I tell you, well, you'll never have to worry about finding any bread. You know, it doesn't say here that the spies or the messenger saved her alive. It said that Joshua, 
a type of Christ uh, saved her. You see, you and I, we can't save anyone, uh, but right here's what we can do. We can be the messengers uh, that God uses for us to point others uh, to Him. Uh, he said, hey, you go get them. You go get them. Hey, you bring them over here. And Joshua was the one that set them free. Joshua was the one that gave them a dwelling place. Uh, you see, they couldn't do anything without Joshua. God did not give us the names of these two messengers, but we understand uh, that this story would not have turned out the way it did had these two messengers uh, not fulfilled their part uh, in the story. You see, you and I, we all started off as Rahab's. Uh, oh, but thank God uh, for the faithful messengers that God chose to send uh, our way. But you know now that we're saved, God expects us to be faithful messengers of His mercy and grace. Oh, I'd like to give these two men a nickname if you would allow me tonight. Oh, I'd like to give them the nickname of mercy and grace. You see, Joshua did not pick these two spies because of their abilities as spies. Matter of fact, they stunk at being spies. As soon as they entered into the city, the gates of the city, the Bible says they were discovered. Something gave them away. But the Bible tells us in chapter 6 why Joshua chose those two men. Because they were better messengers than they were spies. Oh, with the help of God tonight, I'd like to preach on the subject. Can God depend on us like Joshua depended on these two faithful unnamed messengers? What made these two men suited for that mission? There was over two million Jews, two million Israelites to choose from, but Joshua chose these two men nicknamed Mercy and Grace. What set these two men apart from everybody else. That's like what I'd like to preach on tonight. And I trust that we can measure up. If not, we should tonight. We ought to take what we learn about these two men and apply them to our lives and be used of the Lord to bring more people to Christ. And chapter 2, go back to chapter 2 with me. And Number 1, I'd like to see that they were close to Joshua. Why did he pick these two men? Is because they were close to Joshua. Over two million Israelites. You know, Joshua didn't know everybody, but he knew these two men. You know, God wants to use every Christian. But I wonder why some will surrender to God's will for their life, and some won't. Well, turn with me to 2 Timothy. Keep your place here and turn with me to 2 Timothy chapter 2. 2 Timothy chapter 2. 2 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 19. It says, Nevertheless, the foundation of God standeth sure, having this seal, the Lord knoweth them that are His. And let everyone that nameth the name of Christ depart from iniquity. You know why some are not chosen and some are? It's because there's many that refuse to depart from iniquity. Oh, they're saved, but they're not all in for the cause of Christ. They haven't separated themselves from the world and unto God to be close to Him and be used of Him. Verse 20, But in a great house they are not only vessels of gold and of silver, but also of wood and of earth and some to honor 
and some to dishonor. If a man therefore purge himself from these, he shall be a vessel unto honor, sanctified and meet for the master's use, and prepared unto every good work. It says, Flee also youthful lust, but follow righteousness and faith and charity, peace with them that call on the Lord out of a pure heart. But foolish and unlearned questions avoid, knowing that they do gender strife. And the servant of the Lord must not strive, but be gentle unto, underline this word, all men, uh, apt to teach, patient, in meekness, instructing those that oppose themselves, if God peradventure will give them repentance uh, to the acknowledging of the truth, and that they may recover themselves uh, out of the snare of the devil, who are taken captive by him at his will. Uh, you see, some of these requirements here, they're given, and most of these are given, to the servant of the Lord. But can I say that these are good principles for every Christian to live by? Or you think about these two spies, these two messengers, and how well they represented the Lord. Hey, they didn't strive with Rahab. They were not harsh. They were not vulgar. No, they were messengers of mercy and grace. Hey, can I just say this world, I tell you, had already been hard to Rahab. And it needs someone to be hard to her again. It needed someone that would show her the love of God and show her the mercy of God and His grace. Now all that, now I'm not saying that you're not supposed to point out people's sins. You are. But you're doing it in a way that would bring honor and glory to God. What did Jesus say to that woman that was taken into adultery? What did, did He jump up and yell, get in her face and all them? No. He said, hey, Go thy way, but sin no more. Sin no more. He didn't go on some rant. Hey, the world had already ranted on her. Well, think about how gentle these two men were with Rahab. And think about who they were dealing with. The Bible says we need to be gentle with all men. Hey, think, think about how gentle they were with Rahab. She was a prostitute. I don't know a more. I don't know much about that scene. I don't know much about what takes place there. But but what I do know is is that that, that no one is gentle with a person like that. Uh, no no one cares uh, what they think or cares about their concerns for this life. Uh, and and anybody that goes into a certain person like that, uh, they're only thinking about themselves. Uh, oh, but thank God for mercy and grace. Uh, Joshua knew that these two men were servants of the Lord. Not only were they gentle, but they were apt to teach. They shared the truth with Rahab about judgment, repentance, and salvation. They clearly told her that there was only one way for her and anyone else who believed to be spared. Oh, God wants to use every Christian. But right here's the problem. Some won't teach others. Because they don't make themselves available or apt to teach. And I'm not talking about teaching Sunday school. I'm talking about witnessing and talking to others about the Lord. Oh, they go to church, they read their Bibles, they pray, but they don't witness. They don't give out tracts. They don't give of their time and talents and treasures to be used of the Lord. And even though these two men were spies, they had a responsibility toward Joshua, toward Israel, but they also had a responsibility to teach others. 
We all have responsibilities. We all have jobs, uh, but we're also compelled to be a witness for the Lord, whether it's on the job or at school or in our community or with our family. Uh, I was watching the Little League World Series and, and uh, just catching little parts here and there, and I'm glad I caught the end of the game where on, uh, I think it was August the 22nd there of this year, and, and uh, the, the team from Tennessee was playing, and, and they won that day, and, and the pitcher, I don't know who exactly how old he was, probably 12 years old, but him, and there was a girl that was on his team, and, and she'd got a lot of good hits and things like that, and but this young man was the pitcher. And they asked this young man, now he's 12 years old. I want you to get this. He's 12 years old. He's on ESPN. He just pitched the game of his life. And I mean, what an exciting game it was to, to watch this young man. And, and, and as he just kept pitching and just kept throwing strikes and getting people out with his team there. But he was asked this question, how did you get through the game and how were you able to finish? And he piped up, not for himself, but for the Lord. <laughs> and he said this, uh, he said, I prayed the whole game that God would give me the strength to pitch and go. And, and he said, and then he said this, he said, and God gave me that strength uh, He's in the Little League World Series there in the elimination parts of it. Uh, but yet, uh, he still fulfilled uh, his duty to give God the glory in that World Series. Uh, and there was a young lady that stood beside him. Now, I don't know if she was saved. I don't know if she knew the Lord or not. But when she was interviewed about all her hits and things like that... I, her testimony, what came out of her mouth, you know, you know what comes out of your heart comes out your mouth and all she could talk about is how she did this and she did that and she did this. Uh, she had no testimony for the Lord. But that young man, when it was his turn, he did not miss an opportunity to give God the glory for everything that took place that day. Hey, Joshua chose those two men out of all the rest. Can I ask you this tonight? Now look, God wants to use everybody in this building, everybody underneath the sound of my voice if you're saved. God wants to use you. But let me ask you this. Would He pick you? Would He pick you? Or are you too busy? You got too many things going on in your life. Or, or, or you're not willing to make yourself available and maybe learn more and do more for Him. Can I ask you, are you, how close are you to Jesus? Would He pick you? Would He pick you? Could He trust you? Could He trust me to be a servant of His? To be a messenger of mercy and grace? Hey, I, hey, it's great to be faithful to your job, and you should be. You, you should be faithful to your responsibilities in this life, and you should be faithful to your family. But let me ask you this. Are you a faithful messenger of mercy and grace? Because if not, you're failing. That's just how it, you're just failing when it comes to the Lord in that area. You're failing. Well, think about Esther. Think about Esther. She was in a place that she would have never chose to be in had it been up to her. She was literally forced into a marriage. She was in the palace, but not by choice. But she was there by God's choosing. 
And Mordecai told her in Esther chapter 4 and verse 14, he said this, For if thou altogether hold thy peace at this time, then shall their enlargement and deliverance arise to the Jews from another place. But thou and thy father's house shall be destroyed. And who knoweth whether thou art come to the kingdom for such a time as this. Oh, you need to, you need to memorize them words every day for such a time as this. You ought to remind yourself, I'm here for such a time as this. Uh, she had one opportunity to make a difference uh, not only for herself but for all of Israel. These two spies, these two servants of the Lord, they only had one opportunity to make a difference in the life of Rahab. Oh, it's, it says we see their patience here. Just like it says in a servant of the Lord, he's got to be patient. Oh, they were patient with Rahab. They gave her time to make up her mind. Oh, let, let's go back to Joshua chapter 2. Joshua chapter 2 and verse 18. It says, Behold, when we come into the land. He didn't say right now. you got to do this right now. you got to make up your mind right now. You better get right right now. No, they, they said, When we come into the land, thou shalt bind this line of scarlet thread in the window which thou did let us down by, and thou shalt bring thy father and thy mother and thy brethren and all thy father's household home unto thee. Hey, you know the story. Hey, she left the line in the window. She had already made up her mind. She had already decided, hey, that hey, hey, I believe in God. And she made that very evident. I'm sure those two messengers, as they was running, they looked back and they saw that line was still hanging there. Oh, I tell you, it must have gave them some excitement. But you see, God gave her time to extend the same mercy and grace that she was presented with, that she received. She, he gave their time to present that to her family. Number one, the two messengers, they were close to Joshua. Joshua knew that they would accomplish the will of God. Does God know that of you and me? God wants to use every Christian. But would He pick you? Would He pick you? Have you departed from iniquity? He said, everyone that nameth the name of Christ should depart from iniquity. Have you departed from iniquity? Don't be, don't, don't, don't be shocked when God don't put His hand on you and God don't call you if you haven't departed from iniquity. One may say, well, I don't do drugs and I don't drink and I ain't murdered anybody. Well, praise the Lord for that. Thank God. What about gossiping and slandering and complaining and lying and coveting and maybe using foul language or listening to worldly music? Can I ask you, do you tithe? There's no use asking, hey, I want to serve the Lord. I want to do this. I want to do that. If you're not doing these reasonable things, do you tithe? Do you give offerings? Because right there, you're already not being used of the Lord. Do you give to missions? Are you faithful to church? And it goes on, you know, in 2 Timothy there, it said, are you fleeing youthful lust? And that, that's not just talking about sensual lust. You know, a lot of people, they get older and they'll revert back to trying to pursue youthful lust. I think they call it a midlife crisis or a late, -like, late, late life crisis. Can I, can I ask you, have you purged yourself 
of anything that would keep you from being a vessel of honor, sanctified, the meat of the master's use, prepared unto every good work? Could that describe you tonight? Have you purged yourself from anything, anything that would keep you from being a vessel of honor? Number two, these two messengers were devoted to the mission. Look in uh, Joshua chapter 2 and verse 23. So these two men returned and descended from the mountain and passed over and came to Joshua, the son of Nun, and told him all things that befell them. And they said unto Joshua, Truly, the Lord hath delivered into our hands all the land. For even all the inhabitants of the country do faint... Because of us. Uh, They did exactly what Joshua had asked them to do and they fulfilled uh, their mission for the Lord. Uh, These two understood uh, that it was only by the mercy and the grace of God uh, that their family had even made it out of Egypt. Uh, According to the Bible, it says that no one that was over the age of 20 years old that left out of Egypt made it into the promised land except Joshua and Caleb. Uh, That tells me that both of these men uh, buried their parents uh, in the wilderness. Uh, But God had spared them and was using them for His honor and glory. They understood that they didn't deserve to be where they were. They didn't deserve to have all the blessings that they had. Oh, but God had been gracious and God had been merciful to them. You know, if we're not careful, we'll lose our devotion to the mission. Especially when we lose sight of where God has brought us from and the opportunities that He gives us now to be used of Him. Where did they get the idea of that scarlet line and and how that it would symbolize faith? How did they get that idea? They just didn't come up with it. You know, when the blood was applied to the doorpost and the lintel and the Hebrews' doors uh, over in Egypt, that was a symbol of faith. They believed in what God had said to Moses and then they demonstrated their faith by obeying what God had told them to do. Everyone had to be on the inside of the house behind the blood and God said he would pass over them. You know, with Rahab, they gave her the same directives. They said, you've got to have the scarlet line hanging out the window. Oh, had she gathered all her family and not hung the scarlet line out the window, she would have died like all the rest. Uh, You know, how many people will go to church? uh, They'll repeat a prayer. They'll even get baptized, even put some money in the offering plate for now and then, uh, even try to be a good neighbor, yet they've never put their faith in the death and burial and resurrection of Jesus Christ uh, for their justification. Uh, Oh, the blood of Jesus has never been applied to them. They're trying to please God through works instead of faith. No, works comes after salvation. Works is an evidence of salvation. In Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 10 it says, For we are His workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. Verse 10 comes after verse 8 and 9. Works come after being saved by grace. Through faith. In Hebrews eleven thirty one, it says, By faith the harlot Rahab perished not with them that believed not. Uh, hey, she believed. She believed. 
She didn't perish. Why? Because she put her faith in the Lord when she had received the spies with peace. Go to chapter 6 with me. Joshua chapter 6 and verse 17. And this is Joshua speaking. And the city shall be accursed, even it, and all that are therein to the Lord. Only Rahab the harlot shall live. She and all that are with her in the house, because she hid the messengers that we sent. How did he know this? How did he know that? The scarlet line was in plain sight. Someone had believed. Hey, there was a clear testimony before that the judgment came. Oh, in James chapter 2 and verse 25 it says, Likewise also was not Rahab the harlot justified by works when she had received the messengers and had sent them out another way. You understand her works demonstrated what she had believed on the inside. Her works were evidence of her faith. Read verse 22 with me now. But Joshua had said unto the two men that had spied out the country, Go unto the harlot's house, and bring out thence the woman and all that she hath, as as ye swear unto her. And the young men that were spies went in and brought out Rahab and her father and her mother and her brethren and all that she had, and they brought out all her kindred and left them without the camp of Israel. Then what happened? And they burnt the city with fire. The entire city. That's Rahab's house too, by the way. See, her salvation wasn't in her house. It was in her faith that she put in the Lord. You know what's going to get you a place in heaven is your faith in the Lord. Then it goes on to say, in verse 24, and they burnt the city with fire and all that was therein, only the silver and the gold and the vessels of brass and of iron they put into the treasury of the house of the Lord. And Joshua saved Rahab the harlot alive and her father's household and all that she had. And she dwelleth in Israel even unto this day because she hid the messengers which Joshua sent to spy out Jericho. God uses us to bring others to him. But not just that, he also uses us to bring them along. Joshua sent those same two spies, those same two messengers to go to Rahab and to take her and all her kindred outside the camp. They just didn't save them and leave them there and say, hey, you're on your own. Hey, you know, yeah, we you you got spared. You've been spared from the judgment. Now just figure it out. No, they brought her out, and Joshua gave her and her family a dwelling in Israel. You know, God didn't leave you where He found you. None of us did God leave where He found us. No, He prepared a home for us in heaven. But you know what? He also prepared a local church for you and I to dwell in. You know, she didn't continue in that same profession that she had been in. No, she received a dwelling. She received a change of life. The Bible tells us that she married. She married a man named Salmon, who Bible scholars tell us that he was a prince of the tribe of Judah. Oh, how many of you can testify tonight that you're not the same person that you were before you got saved? God changed your life, but He only didn't change your life. He's brought you along and He's given you a purpose. How many of us are accomplishing the purpose that God saved us for? You know, Rahab was the great, great grandma to King David. 
and in the lineage of Jesus Christ. How many preachers, how many preachers, I, I know several, grew up in homes where sin abounded. But God sent some faithful messengers to pick, pick them up on a bus and bring them to church and, and bring them to church where they could hear about mercy and grace. And God reached them through messengers. Well, think about a little girl here that got saved recently off our bus. Boy, her mom and dad are so messed up. But I'm so glad for the day that mercy and grace showed up at her door. Now she's called upon the Lord. God's got a plan and a purpose for that little girl. It's so important we stay faithful to the Great Commission and what God has called us to do. He didn't say just reach them and baptize them. No, He said and teach them. Teach them all things. Can I ask you, how close are you to Jesus? Would He pick you to be a messenger of mercy and grace? Now, He expects all of us to be available. But unfortunately, that's not how it is. And that's a shame. Can I ask you, is there anything that's hindering the Lord from using you in a greater way? Is there anything? Have you made yourself available to Him? Are you as close to Jesus as these two spies were to Joshua? He knows you. Would He pick you? Have you made yourself available and prepared? Not only that, but they were devoted to the mission. It's amazing how many Christians will do anything that their boss at work will ask them to do. They'll even go the extra mile to give their boss what they want. They'll go the extra mile to do whatever it is they want to do in their own life. But what about just doing what God requires of us? And, and we'll draw a line there. We got things backwards. How devoted are you to the mission? Will you go all the way? Are you all in for the Lord? Those two messengers were. They had no idea. Boy, when Joshua picked them two and he sent them on that mission, they had no idea everything God had in store for them. But right here's the key. They were ready. They were ready. Can that be said of us?